0: Section 118 of The Poems of Jonathan Swift, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. On Dan Jackson's Picture, Cut in Silk and Paper. To fair Lady Betty Dan sat for his picture, and defied her to draw him so oft as he piqued her. He knew she'd no pencil or colouring by her, and therefore he thought he might safely defy her. Come sit, says my lady, then whips up her scissor, and cuts out his coxcomb and silk in a tricer. Dan sat with attention and saw with surprise how she lengthened his chin, how she hollowed his eyes, but flattered himself with a secret conceit that his thin lantern jaws all her art would defeat. Lady Betty observed it, then pulls out a pin, and varies the grain of the stuff to his grin and to make roasted silk to resemble his raw bone, she raised up a thread to the jet of his jawbone, till at length in exactest proportion he rose from the crown of his head to the arch of his nose. And if Lady Betty had drawn him with Wigginal, tis certain the copy had outdone the original. Well, that's but my outside, says Dan with a vapour. Say you so, says my lady, I've lined it with paper. Pater Delaney sculpts it. On the same picture... Clarissa draws her scissors from the case to draw the lines of poor Dan Jackson's face one sloping cut made forehead nose and chin and it produced a mouth and made him grin such as in tailor's measure you have seen but still were wanting his grimalkin eyes for which grey worsted stocking paint supplies the unravelled thread through needle's eye conveyed transferred itself into his pasteboard head how came the scissors to be thus outdone the needle had an eye and they had none o oh, wondrous force of art now look at dan you'll swear that pasteboard was the better man the devil says he the head is not so full indeed it is behold the paper skull thomas sheridan sculp on the same if you say this was made for friend dan you belie it i'll swear he's so like it that he was made by it thomas sheridan sculp on the same picture dan's evil genius in a trice had stripped him of his coin at dice chloe observing this disgrace on pam cut out his rueful face by god says Dan, 'tis very hard cut out at dice cut out at card george rochford sculp on the same picture whilst we'll you three merry poets traffic to give us a description graphic of dan's large nose in modern sapphic I spend my time in making sermons, or writing libels on the Germans, or murmuring at Whig's preferments. But when I would find rhyme for Rochfort, and look in English, French, and Scotchfort, at last I am fairly forced to Botchfort. Bid Lady Betty recollect her, and tell who was it could direct her, to draw the face of such a spectre. I must confess that as to me, sirs, though I saw her hold the caesars, I now could safely swear it is hers.' Tis true no nose could come in better, Tis a vast subject stuffed with matter, Which all may handle, none can flatter. Take courage, Dan, this plainly shows, That not the wisest mortal knows What fortune may befall his nose. Show me the brightest Irish toast, Who from her lover ear could boast, Above a song or two at most. For thee three poets now are drudging all, To praise the cheek's chin nose, The bridge and all, both of the picture and original thy nose's length and fame extend so far dear dan that every friend tries who shall have it by the end and future poets as they rise shall read with envy and surprise thy nose outshining celia's eyes jonathan swift dan jackson's defense my verse little better you'll find than my faces a word to the wise outpictira poesis three merry lads with envy stung because dan's face is better hung combined in verse to rhyme it down and in its place set up their own as if they'd run it down much better by number of their feet and meter or that its red did cause their spite which made them draw in black and white but that as twill this most is true they were inspired by what they drew let then such critics know my face gives them their comeliness and grace while every line of face does bring a line of grace to what they sing. But yet, methinks, though with disgrace both to the picture and the face, I should name them who do rehearse the story of the picture farce. The squire in French as hard as stone, or strong as rock, that's all as one. On face on cards is very brisk, sirs, because on them you play at whiskers. But much I wonder why my cranny should envied be by D. L. Ainy and yet much more that half-namesake should join a party in the frake. For sure I am it was not safe, thus to abuse his better half, as I shall prove you Dan to be, divisim and conjunctively. For if Dan love not Sherry, can Sherry be anything to Dan? This is the case whene'er you see Dan makes nothing of Sherry. Or should Dan be by Sherry or Tain, then Dan would be poor Sherry Dane. "'Tis hard, then, he should be decried "'by Dan with Sherry by his side. "'But if the case must be so hard "'that faces suffer by a card, "'let critics censure, what care I? "'Backbiters only we defy. "'Faces are free from injury "'Mr. Rochfort's reply. "'You say your face is better hung than ours. "'By what, by nose or tongue, "'in not explaining you are wrong to us, sir?' because we thus must state the case that you have got a hanging face the untimely ends a damned disgrace of noose sir but yet be not cast down i see a weaver will your hangman be you'll only hang in tapestry with many and then the ladies i suppose will praise your longitude of nose for latent charms within your clothes dear danny Thus will the fair of every age from all parts make their pilgrimage worship thy nose with pious rage of love sir All their religion will be spent about thy woven monument and not one or a son be sent to jove sir You the famed idol will become as gardens graced in ancient Rome by matrons worshiped in the gloom of night o oh, happy dan thrice happy sure thy fame for ever shall endure who after death can love secure at sight so far i thought it was my duty to dwell upon thy boasted beauty now i'll proceed a word or two to ye in answer to that part where you carry on this paradox that rock and stone and your opinion all are one how can sir a man of reasoning so profound so stupidly be run aground as things so different to confound tar senses except you judge them by the knock of near an equal hardy block such an experimental stroke convinces then might you be by dint of reason a proper judge on this occasion gainst feeling there's no disputation is granted Therefore, to thy superior wit, who made the trial, we submit, Thy head to prove the truth of it, we wanted. In one assertion you're to blame, where Dan and Sherry's made the same, Endeavouring to have your name refined, sir. You'll see most grossly you mistook, if you consult your spelling-book. The better half you say you took, you'll find, sir. S H A she and R I re both put together make Sherry. D A N Dan makes up the three syllables. Dan is but one and Sherry two, Then, sir, your choice will never do. Therefore, I've turned my friend on you. The tables. Doctor Delaney's reply. Assist me, my muse, while I labour to limb him. Credit pissons isti tabulae persimilum. You look and you write with so different a grace that I envy your verse, though I did not your face and to him that thinks rightly there's reason enough, cause one is as smooth as the other is rough, but much I'm amazed you should think my design was to rhyme down your nose or your harlequin grine, which you yourself wonder the deal should malign. And if 'tis so strange that your monstership's cranny should be envied by him, much less by Delaney, though I own to you when I consider it stricter, I envy the painter, although not the picture.' And justly she's envied, since a fiend of hell was never drawn right but by her and Raphael. Next, as to the charge which you tell us is true, that we were inspired by the subject we drew. Inspired we were, and well, sir, you knew it, yet not by your nose, but by the fair one that drew it. Had your nose been the muse we had ne'er been inspired, though perhaps it might justly have been said we were fired?' As to the division of words in your staves, Like my countryman's horncomb into three haves, I meddle not with, but presume to make merry You call Dan one-half, and t'other half Sherry. Now if Dan's a half, as you call Tor and Oar, Then it can't be denied that Sherry's two more. For pray give me leave to say, sir, for all you, That Sherry's at least of double the value. But perhaps, sir, you did it to fill up the verse, So crowds in a concert, like actors in farce, play two parts in one when scrapers are scarce but be that as twill you'll no more an answer when sheridan sends to marry dan answer sheridan's reply three merry lads you own we are tis very true and free from care but envious we cannot bear believe sir for were all forms of beauty thine were you like nereus soft and fine we should not in the least repine or grieve sir then know from us most beauteous dan that roughness best becomes a man tis women should be pale and wan and taper and all your trifling bows and fops who comb their brows and sleek their chops are but the offspring of toy-shops mere vapour we know your morning hours you pass to cull and gather out a fass is this the way you take your glass Forbear it THOSE LOADS OF PAINT UPON YOUR TOILET WILL NEVER MEND YOUR FACE, BUT SPOIL IT, IT LOOKS AS IF YOU DID PARBOIL IT, DRINK CLARET, YOUR CHEEKS BY SLEEKING ARE SO LEAN THAT THEY'RE LIKE CYNTHIA IN THE WAIN, OR BREAST OF GOOSE WHEN TIS PICKED CLEAN, OR PULL IT, SEE WHAT BY DRINKING YOU HAVE DONE, YOU'VE MADE YOUR fizz A SKELETON, FROM THE LONG DISTANCE OF YOUR CROWN TO YOUR GULLET. A rejoinder by the dean in Jackson's name. Wearied with saying grace and prayer, I hastened down to country air to read your answer and prepare reply to it. But your fair lines so grossly flatter. Pray, do they praise me or bespatter? I must suspect you mean the latter. As sly boot, it must be so. What else, alas, can mean by culling of a fass and all that stuff of toilet glass and box comb? but beat as twill this must you grant that you're a daub whilst i but paint then which of us is to the quaint her comb? i value not your jokes of noose your jibes and all your foul abuse more than the dirt beneath my shoes nor fear it yet one thing vexes me i own thou sorry scarecrow of skin and bone to be called lean by a skeleton who'd bear it Tis true indeed, to curry friends, you seem to praise, to make amends, And yet before your stanza ends, you flout me. Bout latent charms beneath my clothes, for every one that knows me knows That I have nothing like my nose about me. I pass now where you fleer and laugh, cause I call Dan my better half. Oh, there you think you have me saff, but hold, sir. Is not a penny often found to be much greater than a pound? By your good leave my most profound and bold sir Dance noble metal, sherry base, so dance the better, though of the lace, an ounce of gold's worth ten of brace, dull pedant As to your spelling, let me see if she makes sure and re makes re good spelling master your crane has led int. another rejoinder by the Dean, in Jackson's name. Three days for answer i have waited i thought an ace you'd ne'er have baited and art thou forced to yield ill-fated poetaster henceforth acknowledge that a nose of thy dimensions fit for prose but every one that knows dan knows thy master blush for ill spelling for ill lines and fly with hurry to wrath minds thy fame thy genius now declines proud boaster I hear with some concern your roar, And flying think to quit the score By clapping billets on your door, and posts, sir. Thy ruin, Tom, I never meant, I'm grieved to hear your banishment, But pleased to find you do relent and cry on. I mauled you when you looked so bluff, But now I'll secret keep your stuff, For no prostration is enough to the on. section 118.